Welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today I'm here with Meryl, who is a mama meditation teacher, the creator of the Mindful Minute podcast, and the head of meditation for the Shoreline Meditation app, which is stunning. I've been using it for the last few weeks. Her work has been featured on CNN, Atlanta Magazine, and her podcast has been named a top 10 meditation show. Meryl has been teaching corporate, private, and group meditation classes since 2010 and co-created Sacred Chill West, the first meditation and yoga studio in Atlanta to offer regular independent meditation classes. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm happy to chat with you today. I, it's always amazing when you get to chat with the person on the other side of the meditation app, since I've been hearing your <laughs> voice for, for weeks now and days. So it's, it's great to chat. I can't wait to unpack your story and, and see you know, how all this came to be and, and obviously leave everyone listening with some really great nuggets for their own mental fitness. So thank you. First question, same question. You've listened to a couple episodes of the show, as you just mentioned. So you you know everyone gets the same one, and it's just avoid job titles and all of that. So that is just who are you? Yeah, who am I? I am a mom, the oldest of four, totally type A organized, busy person. Okay. <laughs> and then in the last decade and a half, I am a devout meditator, right? And I yeah. came to it simply because I needed it. I felt like I was going a little crazy with all the thoughts and all the to-dos. And through this little tiny practice that started out sort of sporadic and, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, I started noticing more and more changes. I started noticing the way that I was connecting with my colleagues and my partner and my kids was changing. And so now, you know, I really identify myself as somebody who meditates, who walks around with that state of presence. Wow. Do you remember when things flipped for you from, because I, I imagine there was a bit of a onboarding to the practice to, to the point of getting to what you just described of where you can self, you know, essentially self-identify as a meditator, right? Yeah. Um, I, I actually tell this story often because it was so significant. It was such a moment of change. And, you know, you do these practices, any type of mental well-being or physical fitness, anything, you know, you do these little practices and it feels like nothing's really happening. And then one day, you're like, oh, something has really happened. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that moment was when my youngest sister was graduating college. And so she was graduating from Georgia State University, which is a big university where we live. And it was at the time, maybe two miles from where my partner and I lived. And for whatever reason, I thought, oh, this is two miles down the road. We'll leave 10 minutes before graduation and park and go to graduation, not taking into account that there was going to be thousands of people showing up to park and go to graduation. So we are sitting in bumper to bumper traffic, not moving. I'm watching the minutes tick by on the clock. 
And in my type A way, I hate being late. I resonate with that. Right? You can feel it. Like your stomach gets tight. You get a little sweaty. And for me, that always would translate into losing my cool. I'm going to pick a fight with my partner who's the worst driver on the planet all of a sudden. Everything was going to be a disaster. I felt this rising up. And I so distinctly remember thinking, I don't want to be this person at my sister's graduation. Hmm. And I just didn't do it. I was like, we're going to be late and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to be this person. So we were late indeed, but we made it. We saw her walk across the stage. And afterwards we were at a little celebratory dinner and my dad came up to me and he said, whoa, what? I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> it's like a little bit shady, right? Like, yeah, yeah I know, I'm always a disaster. But this time I wasn't. And I just had this really clear moment of all of those minutes on a cushion just paid off. Wow. And it doesn't mean, I mean, I still get upset when I run late, but I very, very uh, infrequently lose my cool in a dramatic way now, even when I'm running late. Yeah. Well, I think it just offers, like meditation or, or a lot of these practices, especially meditation, just offer that that micro pause in between, you know, what you want to do essentially from a reaction standpoint. And again, the being late part and being punctual, I should say, I totally resonate with that. There's, I think there's anyone that's listening that does, and I think a lot of people do, there's nothing worse than seeing the estimated time of arrival <laughs> in Google just going over and over the time you're supposed to be there, right? It feels like you're showing up 15 hours late to something. And uh, so I, I get that. But yeah, I, I think it just gives that little micro pause. And, and then sometimes a perspective shift around just what you, you know, focusing on what you can control. Yeah. Right. You know, one of my favorite quotes is from Viktor Frankl. He mm. was a Holocaust survivor. He wrote Man's Search for Meaning. And in it, he wrote, between stimulus and response, there is a pause. And in the pause lies your freedom and your power. Yeah. And I, I know it by heart. I will always know it by heart. Because for me, that sums up everything that I've experienced through my own practice of meditation and, and why it matters. Like, why is that beneficial on a day-to-day basis? Because we have a pause. We have a choice all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's accessible to anyone, yes. you know, that's, that's the big thing. I mean, that's been the greatest gift in my own journey with, with just mental fitness and everything and the book, the app and everything we've done. This is the reason why this podcast exists is, is creating this journaling app at, at one point. And, you know, there's been a lot of learning, a lot of experience, incredible relationships that, that have come through that journey. But I would say the biggest thing has been just being able to live and, and notice the pause. Mm. And, and, you know, at least, at least you have a decision whether you want to take that pause or not. But I just find it doesn't matter what it is in life. I mean, there's so many, there's so much opportunity to just be on default or autopilot for, it doesn't matter what it is. And I feel like the more we can just slow, whether that's mindful eating, whether that's, you know, reaction when in traffic or how you're responding to your parents or your children or your relationships. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, but there's not, people don't talk about this 
superpower of the pause that much, unless you're directly in this space, obviously, right? right? Because it all leads to the pause. Because it's, you know, it's an interesting thing because when you talk about it, I think it's easy to comprehend, right? Your brain goes, that makes sense. Got it. And it feels like you should then just be able to do it, right? I should now just be able to pause before I react. But we all have 30, 40, 50, 60 years of habitual Mm. response built in. Yeah. Actually creating the pause is practice, right? It It is the work of our mental fitness. Yeah. So you've been, Mero, you've been in this space more directly, I guess you could say for at least a decade now from what I can see. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about shoreline shortly, but I'm just curious, like, how did you, how did you get to this point? You know, what was before the, 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 the 10 years of being the, the lovely voice that you are in shoreline? <laughs> well, I was, um, originally in public relations I was doing PR for the food and beverage industry, which was so fun. And I was getting married. Mm. And I signed up for a Pilates and yoga boot camp, thinking I'm going to look really good in my wedding dress. Let me get fit. (laughs) I I had done Pilates for a long time at that point. I had never taken a yoga class. And I show up 6 a.m., my first yoga class. I unroll this mat. I do what this teacher says. And about three quarters of the way through the class, maybe, I so distinctly knew in every fiber of my being that I was going to teach yoga. I just, I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. And so I, with both feet jumped in, I was taking all the yoga classes, was maybe, I guess it was four years later that I actually did a teacher training and I became a yoga teacher. And in the course of that teacher training, I'm learning all of this stuff about yoga. And I understand that everything we learn in yoga is really just setting us up to be able to meditate. Except that I never learned how to meditate. Hmm. Nobody ever talked about it. Nobody taught it. I never had an experience with it. And now I'm a yoga teacher and everybody assumes that I meditate and I know how to meditate. I'm getting questions about meditation. And I thought, okay, I I need to figure this out. I want to be an authentic teacher to the best of my ability. Let me figure this out. And sorry, just to pause at this point, you're still doing PR, right? I'm still doing PR. Yep. I'm teaching. So at this point I'm teaching, I started by teaching two 6am yoga classes. Okay. Um, So I would teach my little 6am, take a shower, go to work for the day. Yeah. And I sign up for a five day meditation training and I go and I sit there for my eight hours a day for five days and I leave and I'm like, <laughs> I hope nobody asked me what meditation is because I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what I just did. I spent the whole time freaking out that I wasn't doing it right, writing a grocery list, worrying about the emails I was missing, everything yeah. that we all do. And I thought, this just doesn't make sense. I mean, there's 2,500 years of consistent practice. This is a real thing. I know it's powerful. I want to figure it out. So I dove in. I tried so many teachers. I went to two different Buddhist temples here in Atlanta. I did 
a couple of trainings, a lot of retreats. And finally, I found Tara Brock, Mm. who's a meditation teacher in the insight tradition. And when she talked, all of a sudden, my brain went, oh, I got it. I heard the words I needed to hear to understand meditation. And from there, my work really became, how do I help other people find this? Yeah. How do I put words to an incredibly personal and ephemeral practice so that you, the person that is writing the grocery list, and you, the person quietly having a panic attack in the corner, get what's happening and can address it? So well said. It's because I, when I hear a story like that, it, it brings back memories of just the, the journaling experience and then how you know, even journaling is, has so many different definitions and, and preconceptions on what it is. And I think it's so powerful and important for people to remember, even within a practice, that just because you've entered into it in a certain way, maybe it didn't resonate or, but like not to give up, right? To just give it a, give it a couple chances and, you know, you, you never know. Maybe, maybe it isn't for you or maybe it's not the right timing for you in your life right now, but they're just to your point, there's so many ways. And for you, you know, Tara Brock, you said the right words to, to, to land, right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I imagine, cause one of the questions I wanted to ask you, uh, cause being in the space of myself, I mean, I've used so many different meditation apps and especially when we're running the, the Keo, the journaling app, uh, we had just trials for so many. It was insane Mm -hmm. just seeing how people were using it and seeing what their flows were and stuff. You know, I had have to ask, you know, what, it's not like you're entering a space that has no no solutions. So, you know, what was for you the catalyst to say, you know what, there's room for something a bit different and it definitely is different. I can attest to that. Uh, I want to do this. Yeah. You know, I struggled with that question. And for a long time, I thought there's no need for another meditation app. There just isn't. There, there's really good ones out there. It's not like they're lacking in quality. Yeah. And so I'm going to back up a little bit before I answer that question, actually, because sure. I want to say this first. It ties in. That first training I did, the five-day one that I left, and I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. That training was in the same lineage that my yoga training was, which was a tantric tradition. So in the, in the field of Tantra and Tara Brock in insight is much more sort of a mindfulness based meditation. Right. And that spoke to me because as I said earlier, I'm type a, I'm logical, I'm organized. I want things to make sense and I Mm -hmm. want to be able to understand it with my brain. Right. Yeah. And Tantra is much more about the experiences of the body itself. What am I feeling? Yeah. And a decade ago, if you had said, like, what are you feeling in your heart? I probably would have rolled my eyes a little bit and made something up and gone about my day. Yeah. So I practice mindfulness. I'm addressing the mind. And then I, you know, I move into another teacher, a teacher I still study with. Her name's Tracy Stanley. She's in the Himalayan tradition, which also has roots in Tantra. And I'm doing all these practices. 
And I realized that what I'm practicing now is exactly what I learned in that first training. And I just wasn't ready for it at the time. Mm. Right. Yeah. But it's important. And what I was learning is that the, the ancient practitioners really were saying there's a mini universe inside the body. Everything you experience in the natural world, you experience this in the inner world too. Right. So as goes the outside, so goes the inside and vice versa. And all of the practices I was doing were becoming incredibly nature-based practices. So I was spending a lot of time meditating with the element of water or the element of earth or air. And I realized that what I was here to do was to create that experience, which is as I said, an ancient experience. I mean, this has been written and practiced for more than 2,500 years, Mm -hmm. but it's so esoteric. The texts are in Sanskrit. Like, it's not like this is what you're going to read when you go to the library necessarily. And it's certainly not the most right brain logical on a piece of paper practice. So how do I take that skill, that mindful awareness, it makes sense but I give you the embodied experience of being connected to the earth. And that's what I am trying to do with Shoreline. It makes such sense. Just even listening to you speak the last few minutes and using the app as well, obviously, you know, your personality can feel it. It's again, and you've said it just the type of person wants to figure, figure it out. Right. And this, the way you're approaching this, I mean, you have to figure out those transcripts. You have to do the research, I imagine, and like dive into that world. And you need to understand it first. And then now, then you're linking up with, uh, it's Gordon, right? Is mm-hmm. the, the the sound legend who is putting together these recordings that are just unbelievable. So it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. Yeah. Thank you. Hello, friends. I've got something for you that I've personally seen and continue to see the benefits from in my sleep and mood. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever had your mind race with anxious thoughts when you lie down to fall asleep? Or those thoughts are the first thing you think about when waking up? Please tell me I'm not the only one because I'd like to think that I'm human like the rest of you. But I am happy to say that not only has my sleep improved, but those looping thoughts have almost completely vanished since I started taking two capsules of magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers before going to bed. As it turns out, magnesium is extremely important for mental and neurological health. Studies have shown that magnesium deficiency causes animals to be stressed and anxious, and in humans, a low magnesium diet is associated with anxiety and depression. Now you might be taking magnesium already, and so was I, but here's what I didn't know. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium, and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming and sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I am pumped and highly recommend Magnesium Breakthrough. And of course, I'd like to thank the team over at Bioptimizers for supporting this episode and improving my sleep and mental health, and hopefully yours as well. So to save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough, use the code BEHINDTHEHUMAN10 over at magbreakthrough.com slash behindthehuman. All of this is in the show notes. I'm serious. This stuff is the real deal. So message me after you try it because I'd love to hear about your results. Now back to the show. 
So my partner in the app is Gordon Hempton, who has spent his life, I think 40 years now, traveling the globe, recording these unbelievably pristine and specific soundscapes in nature. So it's not just like ocean waves, but it's ocean waves as recorded inside a Sitka spruce driftwood log on the coast of Washington state. You know, it's very specific. And if you ask him, he really talks about his life's work being the work of learning how to listen, Mm. learning how to listen. And that's the work of meditation too, right? Yeah. And he's approaching that through the lens of nature, go outside, sit down and listen. And I'm approaching it from the lens of sit down in your chair or on your cushion and listen to yourself. And I think they're the same, they're two different doorways to the same place, Mm -hmm. right? So we're giving people options for how do you find yourself? How do you find your ability to listen and wake up? Yeah. So speaking about listening, how, because we, we probably skipped over this, but there definitely was a moment where you had to listen to your intuition, your yourself from leaving the PR world and being into this, you know, mm. 100%, which most people don't do. That's, that's a really tough jump. A lot of people have a lot of really great ideas and they may flirt with the idea a little bit, but to, to actually go and having been in the app world myself as well, like I have a whole new pre- appreciation to what it takes to just have your app accepted the first round, right? So congrats on all of that. Thank it, you. Obviously, <laughs> it's been, you're well past being accepted, but yeah, I would love to know, Meryl, just, you know, what was some of the, what were some of the questions that you were reflecting on during that transition period? Man. You know, I think, so I have, I have in essence made that transition several times in my life now. I feel like I'm, okay. uh, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx myself. I'm getting good at taking that leap. It's a really hard leap to take. And the first time I took it is when I was leaving my PR job to teach yoga full time. That was the first okay. transition I made. And I was so scared about paying my bills. I was really scared about what people were going to think. You know, I was young. Okay. So when was this? I was late twenties, maybe, maybe 30. I, it was, you know, I was still young and I, I worked really hard to be director of communications and I liked my title. I had access to all the cool restaurants and, you know, I had gone to college and gotten this degree that had nothing to do with yoga. So I was really struggling with all the, what are people going to think? Am I making a huge mistake? But the truth of the matter was I was spending all of my personal time and energy on the practice of being really truthful. This Mm. was a piece of the yoga practice that for myself, I had identified as something I really wanted to work on. Being truthful, being truthful to to myself, who am I? How do I move through the world? And I, with no disrespect to PR professionals, I was in a field of schmoozing people 
Yeah. Right. And it wasn't that I was lying, but I was also not like walking around in my own truth, which was, I'm here to teach yoga, right? I'm here to be a teacher of some kind. And ultimately the, I need to honor my truth became loud enough that I said, I, I just have to do this. And I made the budget and I checked the numbers and I stepped away in full terror. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And then the amazing thing happened, which I trust always happens. The minute you step off the edge, you see all of these possibilities you couldn't have seen before you stepped off. They just weren't available. And so suddenly I'm taking on corporate clients and my private clientele doubled because I had the space for it. And it was amazing. It were, you know, it was hard, but it was amazing. Yeah. It's a funny thing happens when, when you really align like that, right? And it's just, a lot of those things were probably there, but you, you just didn't, like the, the mental fog was, there was too much going on. I mean, you had a full-time job and a full-time, let's just call it other identity as well, right? Right. And as soon as you can release that or, or uh, shift it, then all, to your point, all of a sudden, whoa, I mean, there's stuff starts to happen, yeah. which is beautiful because it's, it's almost, it's, it's a beautiful way to live because it's endless, right? Like if you can somehow just trust, and I'm in this right now, like just trust the, trust the journey. The, if the path feels right, you know, kind of follow the intuition and, and flow with it versus trying to push all the time which yeah. I often think of, of a lot of your work and, and in my own meditation or, or journaling around just, you know, flowing with the river and yeah. those forks in that river, but, and there's still decisions to make as the river forks or, or takes another path, but I'd rather flow with the current than thrash up, you know, like a salmon jumping over, exactly. <laughs> you know, up a waterfall or something. Yeah. You know, I, I used to um, really focus on the word easy. I wanted it to feel easy. And, and I struggle with that because I think on the surface, it sounds like, well, you don't want to work. You don't want it to be hard. You don't want to work. Yeah. And I don't think that's the case at all, right? But easy in the sense that you're not fighting the current, right? Totally. You're, you're going with what is there and open and in front of you. And I, and I feel like when there's enough trust in that and in what you're here to do, there's like a, a path of least resistance in there. Exactly. That's a good distinction. Cause I, I actually, I think about that as well. And it's cause it, I mean, it's not easy. There's a lot, there's a ton <laughs> of work that has to be done. There's like, like anything else, you know, you, put in the work, the results will show up in some capacity, but you still have to put that work in. There's still a lot of decisions to make. But I think when you're doing that in a way that you're flowing in the right direction, or at least what feels most aligned in, in the moment for your your life, like that's a whole other, that's just a different set of circumstances. Yeah. So, well, that's wonderful. So, okay. So the, yo- the you lean fully into yoga. Mm which obviously is linked to meditation, which you've already discovered with your uh, curious mind as, as it be. Uh, and then where, do, yeah, where does Shoreline come into this? Okay. So I'm teaching yoga full time. And here again, I'm like, truth, truth, truth. 
And my truth is I really am at this point doing yoga so that I can sit down and meditate. And I am discovering that I can get stuck in traffic and not lose my cool. And it's not because I did a great yoga pose. It's because I sat down and sat still. Mm -hmm. And at this time, nobody was teaching meditation in Atlanta. I mean, that just wasn't a thing that happened. Okay. And I said, I'm going to. And I taught in this little back room of the studio I was teaching at at the time. I think I had maybe three students show up. And I said to my very good friend at the time, I said, I am going to be the meditation teacher in Atlanta. And that's what I set out to do it, in simply meaning I'm going to teach. If sure. somebody wants to learn, I'm going to teach. And so I started in that little back room teaching this class. I added it at another studio. I opened my own studio with this good friend. Her name's Octavia. And we opened a studio together. And this was the first studio that said there's a standalone meditation class on the schedule. It's not tied to, it's not like part of a yoga class. It's not a special workshop. It is every single week you can come, you can just sit down and meditate, no yoga clothes needed. Hmm. And that class grew from three students to 20 something students on a pretty, uh, on a weekly basis. And that's what I was doing. And I started recording it. I made it my podcast. So my podcast is my live class recorded. That started growing. And then COVID happened. Yeah. And on March 15th, 2020, we closed the doors of our studio. And in June of 2020, we said, we're not reopening the doors of our studio. So we let go of the studio. And in that same time, it was actually in April, I got an email from a guy named Clint that I didn't know. And the email said, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. And I have an idea for an app. Will you talk to me? <laughs> and I almost said no, because as we just discussed, who needs another meditation app? Hmm. But I'm also in this weird place. I don't know what's going to happen next. And something about that email, I didn't delete it. It sat there. I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have this conversation. So Clint and I have a conversation. He's also in Atlanta. We immediately click. And he's saying, I have this idea for this app and it's meditation, but I want it to be for nature lovers. And I thought, mm. that's interesting. I, I experienced that in my own practice, which he heard in the, in the podcast. And okay, maybe. And then he says, the other partner in the app is Gordon Hempton. And I had listened to Gordon Hempton's interview on, on being with Krista Tippett, which is one of my favorite podcasts, maybe a year prior. And it's one of my all time favorite interviews she's ever done. I loved his interview. I thought he was so interesting. And so I said to Clint, well, if Gordon's in, I'm in. Wow. <laughs> that's that's wow. it. That was the yeah. extent of the conversation. And so he called me back a couple of days later. He said, Gordon's in, he signed the papers. I said, great, send me mine. And then I got to sit down. I've had ever since then, it's been over a year now, I've got to have a weekly conversation with Gordon about his work. Yeah. I've taken Amazing. his soundscapes and applied them to my own experiences and Shoreline has been born. Wow. And so is Clint, is he the, is he the developer? He's the developer. So he's okay. the, you know, founder. 
and the one sure. who is hurting all the cats and doing all the yeah. hard parts. And Gordon is recording beautiful sounds and I get to do what I love, which is write and record meditations. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. What have you, what has this app taught you Oof. that you maybe didn't expect coming into this new format, I guess, if you will, or working with, with those two guys and others? You know, more than anything, it has reinforced trusting my own, my own inner wisdom or my own intuition. Sure. And so as we have talked about, you know, I, my, my gut reaction to anything too ephemeral is to kind of cross my arms. Right. Mm. And a decade ago, we would have been in a meditation training together and somebody would have said, you know, oh my God, my third eye opened and I saw purple and rainbow shot out. And I would have been in the back rolling my eyes. Yeah. Except I kid you not, one day I was sitting in a meditation and my third eye opened and purple and rainbow shot out. And, you know, like I've had (laughs) these experiences. Yeah. And my perpetual little tug of war is how do I honor the truth of that and make it feel tangible enough that somebody who might otherwise cross their eyes is brave enough to try it? Mm. And with Shoreline, I feel like I'm really fully stepping into that trust that these experiences are real. And when I talk about the steadiness of stones, maybe on the surface, there are going to be people out there that roll their eyes, but I know if you do that meditation, you're going to feel what I mean by the steadiness of stones. I know you are. That's a real experience. So trust. Sure. That makes complete sense. Uh, speaking of specific meditations, I had taken note, there was one, I think you and I were actually going back and forth on email that same day. This one came out, but I wanted you to just, just to give a bit of a flavor or describe, you know, the, the meaning behind the, the clock and the thunderstorm. Oh, that was such a beautiful meditation. I'm so glad. Yeah. It's and one just, of my favorites. Cause I think it gives a really nice perspective into the teachings that are, that are in the app. Uh, in, in the meditations. And then, I mean, we can talk about some of the soundscapes as well. I mean, it's, uh, this I did this morning's, which was in the desert somewhere. Mm. Um, I don't think, yeah, there were no guy, there was no guidance in there. And I, I just, re- I remember at, at the beginning thinking, I'm like, oh, is, is Meryl coming into this one at one point? And then when I realized it was just the soundscape and was able to just re- relax enough and calm and just be present with those sounds. Mm. That's what you just, you nailed it. I mean, he, Gordon is a wizard with a, a microphone. It's unbelievable. Like the stuff you hear. I know. It's unreal. So sorry, I'm blabbering around. Let's go back I to the, the clock and the thunderstorm. Okay. Well, let me, first I want to tell you, so Gordon uses a microphone that's shaped like a human head. So okay. it records the way that we hear, which is why wow. if you put on headphones, you if you hear a raindrop, you will turn your head towards the raindrop. It's so real, right? Yeah. There, yeah. there was clearly a bird flying over at some point this morning. <laughs> I was like, my head just jerked up. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I love to hear that experience because I have the exact same one. And 
you know, there's some science behind our body's rhythms sync with what we hear, right? So we're in a room with lighting overhead and air conditioning and computers humming, and our bodies are syncing with this rhythm. And then either we step outside or if we can't, we put on headphones to listen to a healthy ecosystem and we listen to the same time of day we're actually in. That's one of the functions yeah. of that sync you're listening in the app that I love. So you put on your headphones at 2 p.m., you hear a sound from 2 p.m. And that sound is telling your body, you are safe, everything is as it should be, and you can calm down. So your heart rate lowers, your blood pressure lowers, your body temperature lowers a little bit. It's, it is a way to balance our nervous system without having to, you know, try, without having yeah. to consciously do anything other than listen. And so then if we go to some of the guided meditations, like Clock in a Thunderstorm, that meditation is based off a quote from Robert Louis Stevenson, and it goes something like, Quiet minds cannot be perplexed or frightened, but go on in fortune or misfortune at their own private pace, like a clock in a thunderstorm. And I, there's something about that imagery that is so grounding to me. I can just see that grandfather clock tick, tick, tick. And all around it, there is wind blowing and lightning and thunder. And then as I thought about it, I realized that in different words and in different ways, that quote exists in ancient meditation text when it talks about the storms of the ocean and inside I float calmly, right? It's, I mean, that same imagery is present throughout time. There is a storm and I have the ability to be calm in the center of it. And so we take that quote and we take a thunderstorm happening across the state of Arkansas (laughs) and we put those two together and give ourselves the opportunity to sit down and find that calm, find that consistency while we're hearing the thunderstorm. And it builds our own version of muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I can weather the storm. Yeah. And then I take my headphones off and I go into my kitchen and my two-year-old and my six-year-old are going at it like crazy people. And I am calm in the storm, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. <laughs> they are storms at times. <laughs> yes, they are. All right. Hello, friends. I have something to admit to you all. I am no longer recording this show out of my Mini Cooper And surprise if you didn't know that. Thanks to the awesome humans over at Loop Phone Booths, I'm recording two podcasts in their flex booth at home. I'm also recording my audiobook, Personal Socrates, in this booth while my five-year-old is running around downstairs screaming, being a five-year-old. The booth rocks. So if you're looking for a space to take calls, record in, or just find a little quiet in your day, check them out. They're over at loopphonebooths.com. Now back to the show. It's, you know, it's funny because it, to me, it goes full circle with just, again, your story with Tara Brock, you know, landing for you and, and for someone else. And for me in particular, you know, really the, the, the idea of the clock and, 
and I'm I'm a watch guy as well from mm-hmm. a design perspective. I just love watches. Our our app was very much modeled on a certain watch brand and, and mm. the whole inner workings and stuff. So like for me, right away that that clicked and there was just already this immediate sense of peace, like or I guess relatability that, oh, that makes sense. Like I get that. Right. And that's what's so beautiful about all of this, all these practices and all the different options that are in the app. I mean, there's there's something for everyone in there. Yeah. And when it lands, it's it, it come again coming full circle, it goes back to allowing that pause then for that person. So it's um yeah, huge I, you know, I'm just beaming out. Huge congrats to to you and the team for, you know pushing, uh, maybe not, I don't want to say pushing is we've been talking a lot about flowing. And I think that that makes sense in this case as well. But I guess not being intimidated by all of the options that are out there, the headspaces of the world and the comms and all of that. And, and every, you know, the apps we hear about all the time and putting something out that is, is very unique um, and very helpful. Thank you. That really just means the world to me. And you know, it's something that I believe in so strongly. And I think for those of us that are inclined toward nature anyway, I'm a, I love camping. I love hiking. We canoe a lot. You know, if you, if you like spending time in nature, I'm, I'm happy to get to share these experiences with you because it's, it's a fun journey. Yeah. Well, and what about just, I mean, I, I'm speaking as if, uh, as if, you know, you're not, I, how can I word this? I don't want to, I don't want to come off as insulting or anything like that, but I'm speaking as if this is, you know, it's a brand new app with no, uh, like no notoriety or something against some of the other ones, but you've got Oprah quoting the app. I mean, there's, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, how, how have you and the team just, I guess, accepted that, that praise, well-deserved praise and, and, and the journey so far, because it's really just at the beginning. Yeah, it, it is at the beginning. You know, it's early in, in our experience. And yet the, the team, the three of us are all bringing decades plus of experience in our own yeah. fields into this. And we're not making up anything. Mm-hmm. You know, this the practices are real practices, right? This is... I'm saying the exact same thing Carl Sagan said and the exact same thing the Buddha said. I mean, we can go all the way back. And I I think, my hope at least I can say, is that I'm taking these ancient wisdoms or sort of embedded wisdoms and I'm putting today's creative edge on it, my own creative experience to it but I'm offering something that's really real, you know? And I, and I think that that's what we're trying to stay grounded in is yes, it's new, but what we're offering isn't new. Right. Yeah. Good point. Well, that, that leads me to my, my last question for you, which is about questions and Mm. just, you know, whether, whether these were big questions in your past or what I'd love to know, like right now in your journey, what are some reflective questions that, you're either journaling on or reflecting on or thinking about like, what are some of the things that are helping you pause to, to reflect? Yeah. You know, the one 
um, that immediately, there are a couple that I work with a lot, but there was one that really immediately came to mind for me. And it, it, it developed really through my friend and business partner, Octavia from the studio who I mentioned earlier. And this was at the beginning stages of COVID and Atlanta had shut down and the studio was closed and we weren't leaving the house. And my parents are also in Atlanta. And I went to get them some groceries because I didn't want them to go out. And I drove over to their house and I dropped groceries on the front porch and we stood in the yard for a few minutes and chatted. And when we left, when I left, I started crying because I like couldn't hug my parents. Mm-hmm. And it was a hard time and nobody knew what was going to happen. And, yeah. and we were all so scared. And, and I called Octavia and I'm crying and I'm saying, this is so hard. I, I'm feeling so scared and so heartbroken. And she, with such clarity, said to me, well, just remember that your ancestors survived much worse. And mm. my ancestors are Ashkenazi Jews. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah. And I really leaned on that knowledge in that moment. And that has morphed for me in this last year as I have, you know, I'm embarking on this new offering and I'm really putting like my own personal truth out into the world. And it feels scary and unknown. And, and I keep asking myself, who is supporting me right now? Mm. Who is supporting me right now? And, and sometimes that's knowledge of ancestors and sometimes that's real life people in the next room or on the phone or virtual. And sometimes that's the first people in the land that I get to live on. And, you know, I, I try to tap into what energies are here that are supporting me in this moment as I'm doing yeah. something scary. Such a great perspective. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Do you have, um, do you have any others that you can share well, that come to mind? One of my teachers, Tracy Stanley, always asks us to reflect on what lesson are you tired of learning? And oh, so I, yes. I visit that one a lot. What lesson are you tired of learning? It's almost always the same, which is such a bummer. <laughs> which is, yeah, quite erotic. <laughs> but every time we realize that we're learning the lesson, it's a chance for us to pause. And hopefully make a shift, right? So that we can stop learning it. Love it. That is a great prompt. Again, it just serves us a nice pause in the auto in the in the automatic, you know, narrative that runs through our minds of over and over again. Just wait a second. Have I have I been down this path again? And do I wanna continue down this path? Just pause it, right? Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's been so nice to chat with you, Meryl. I well, as you can see, I mean, the listeners can't see this, but I'm, I'm beaming with a smile. It's, it's, it's nice, again, to connect to, to someone that I've been listening to and I will continue to listen to on the app and that you start my days on a really bright note, which is wonderful. And I, I thank you. And, on, you know, on a higher thank you, I, I really want to put out uh, some thanks on just you dedicating your energy and your passion to putting this work out there and with your team to help so many other people. And, you know, just as Tara met you where you were at in your life, you're meeting so many other people where they're at in their lives and what they need. So thank you for that. Thank you. I'm 
beyond humbled to get to do this as, as my life's work. It's a true pleasure. Thank you.